Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We've been speaking on the subject of uh, this house. And God, or this church, God declares in his word that we are his church, we're his building, we're his house. And he uh, warned us through the Apostle Paul to be careful how we allow others to build on our house and again we've been using the example of, of contra- general contractors and subcontractors building on our house and, and you have to be mindful of what type of christian folk you let build on your house and and of course that foundation it, it, it should be poured in jesus christ that should be the, the concrete that solid foundation but now you know you got to put some walls up and you got to put some uh, plumbing in there and that in, in a house and it's got to be quality and that's just like us we're god's house so again this broadcast is designed to help build your house not only on that firm foundation but the rest of the structure to be built up and i always tell people you know what it's good to be in a good bible-based church go to a good but don't go be in a church just because the music is good and your friends are there no, and, and Jesus said something. He said, you know, you'll know a tree by its fruit, by what it's producing. And if, if they're not teaching the gospel, and, and I've been getting a greater revelation of this, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And if it's not things in line with the kingdom of God, if it's just, because some churches can just be a club. You know, you're not learning anything about the gospel, especially grace. You're not learning, you're just learning how to, actually you're just being religious. You got all these rules and people thinking, I got to keep these rules to stay in this club. And if I break one of them, it's all over. You know, a lot of bad things can happen. <laughs> and, and they vary. Those bad things that can happen from excommunication, I think that's the worst. To You know, don't I don't know. A lot of things can happen. And, and God, you said it yesterday. We're all God's children. God called us. He justified us. So how can... Somebody else tell me that I'm not worthy. When, when as God said, he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. He knew the plans that he had for me. All in the New Testament, it said he called us and preordained and predestined us. So God knows who's going to get saved. If he called us and we knew how we were when he called us, 
least I did. I was towed up from the flow up. And God accepted me just like that. So now I got to do all these works to stay in. I was messed up when he called me. And if you just go through all the Old Testament, everybody got called and used was messed up. Well, everybody in the whole Bible is right. They were all messed up. Just there's no one right. Just not even. And one. like you say, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. I mean, we've been doing the same things over and over. But I mean, right. this is what it means when it says there's no one righteous, not even one. Mm-hmm. All through the Bible, it's replete with people who were sinners. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. He was on his way to Damascus to further persecute the church. Right. We talked about this last Wednesday in our Bible study at church. I think I might have ruffled a few feathers, and, and hopefully I at least got people thinking. You know, this ISIS group has beheaded a couple of people. And I said, who here prayed for that man that beheaded the other one? And nobody raised their hand. And you know what? how easy it is for us as Christians to say, that guy's going to hell, and there's no hope for him, and never even think to pray for him. And to never even think that there's a possibility for them to be saved and their life to be completely turned around. Because in some ways, the Apostle Paul didn't behead people, but he was there at the stoning of Stephen. The Apostle Paul would have been like somebody like that who was persecuting people, murdering people. and Well, he was responsible for the death of people or Christians. Right. And where we would have said there's no hope for him, there's no way... He could ever get saved. There's no way he could ever change. And yet, who was it that God said, that's going to be my man. I'm going to I'm gonna get a hold of him. I'm going to change his well, whole now, life. Now we got a revelation when Jesus was referring to the rich young ruler and his disciples. When he walked away saddened at what Jesus said, the disciple says, well, Lord, well, who can be saved? And you know what Jesus said? Back to what we're talking about. Well, with men, it's impossible. If you want a man to justify you, you know, as it relates to God, it's impossible. He said, but not with God. But with God, all things are possible. Even this beheader can be saved. Even the right. apostle now, Paul, see, even though, you, Richard, can be saved. Even you, Vince, can be saved. The average Christian, though, wouldn't even think that was a possibility. Would never Richard, even think to pray for that person. Richard, not to even go that far. I got people, because my past, I had a rocky road in my past. I have people that know me previous to my uh conversion and they be like nah god couldn't have saved vince they really think god is limited on his ability to save well we sing a song he's mighty to save a prophet has no respect in his hometown well people remember you before you got saved well they did the same and jesus said if they did it to me they're gonna do it to you so i understand that but i just see how the word of god comes is so true because he said people are gonna think like that and they do they think oh no that guy be saved man after all the stuff he did and now and they'll the devil will make them think that about themselves also oh he loves to do that ah, he loves to oh you can't out all the stuff you did moses remember you killed an egyptian now you're going to go back to egypt and deliver him oh, whatever no god uses people you know isn't that amazing you know you got david with uriah the hittite you got moses kills the egyptian you got apostle paul it was there just only stephen how many people God used that had actually murdered somebody else? People that we would have wrote off. People that we just said had no hope, no way they could ever be well, used was, by God. Again, see, we've been programmed in this country, too. When somebody kills somebody in this country, in most states, we go for what's called the death penalty. 
We're not going for the mercy penalty. We're going for the death. Remember what happened to the good old days when they said, Your Honor, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. I mean, have some mercy. I know what I did. I'm remorseful behind it. We don't. We just go dress straight for the juggler. Give him the death penalty instead of, you know, saying what would Jesus do? What would God do? Give people another chance. And I know, again, in this country, we just been, our hardened, hearts have been so hardened to say an eye for an eye. That's what we're going to give. And not saying that those people aren't deserving of that, but what about the grace factor? What about, and we know when Jesus was being crucified, there was a thief and a murderer on each side of him. And the murderer got forgiven. It was the murderer, right? It was a thief. They were both thieves. (laughs) They were both thieves. Well, anyway, he got forgiven, and they were being punished by, crucified by capital punishment. So, but they got forgiven, and we have to start thinking like that as Christians. Remember, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We got to start just thinking like that and praying. And as you were telling that story, I was guilty. Because I looked at that all over CNN and everything, and I didn't pray for the the guy that beheaded him. I I prayed for the other family. So, again, hey, we're all growing here. And, And, again, that's just a whole nother lesson on and teaching on prayer. The scripture said we're to always ought to pray for all men. He didn't say except those. No, no, all men. Well, see, you know, we, we want to pray for the guy who was beheaded or his family anyway. And I prayed because, for him and his family. he was innocent. Right. Nobody's innocent. Right. Nobody's innocent. Everybody's got something. Everybody's guilty. Right, see, right, right. we're only saved by grace. Everybody's guilty. Right, right. We're only saved by grace. The same grace that would save you or saved me could save that guy from well, ISIS. The well, same that, grace. That's what uh, Paul, remember, he had that issue. And I know the devil was probably messing with his mind about all his past. And remember, he kept on bringing it to God. And God said this, my grace is sufficient. So just keep on going, Paul. Keep on running your course. Run this race, this faith fight. My grace is sufficient. And we keep forgetting about the grace factor. I like to call it the G thing, <laughs> the grace factor. God's grace, I'm just going to say it's amazing. It's amazing well, grace. You know, amazing, the song Amazing Grace, Yeah, we sing it a lot in our church, and it really is amazing. I mean, it actually is amazing. If you stop to think about it, right. it really is amazing, amazing that God would give us his grace in the first place because we certainly not one of us deserve it. And then it's amazing in the sense of what it does, that it covers all of our sins. And, and, and from my understanding, you know, I got a little definition on grace. It's God's favor. We know that. It's the favor of God. But it's also it's the power of God. Right. It's, it's the power old. of God. Right. It's the power of God. And it's that same power that Jesus was using That's why to, grace will to resurrect. You home. Yeah. Nothing like amazing grace, man. So we've been saved by uh, grace through faith in, right. in Christ. So God... And then he tells us to be imitators of him. And that's what I want to ignite people's faith on fire in that area. Even myself, just to be mindful of God's grace. Even in my life, you know, I think I missed the mark yesterday. Actually, I know I missed the mark yesterday. But I was just thinking about God. I missed the mark, and I know I did. And I asked you to forgive me. And I believe he said the same thing with Paul. You're my child. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I do not like you any less i still love you and my grace is sufficient and, and that keeps me in, in in right standing with god that's that keeps me clean as a whistle 
as long as I stay in Christ. And that's what, that's what you're doing when you exercise 1 John 1, 9. Confess and believe that he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all righteousness. You're staying in Christ because God sees us in Christ. Remember, we're, we're in Christ. And as long as God just looks at what Jesus did. Oh, my son paid for that. That's paid for. Any past, present, or future. Paid for. And we have to know that. Now, we got to know this too. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So you're going to have to deal with the consequences, you know. Right. There are always consequences to sin. Right. Well, if I get up on this roof at the station and just jump off, and there's a principle, a law called gravity, <laughs> there's a consequence to me getting up there. Richard, you could tell me, Vince, don't do it. Don't do it. I, no, no, no. There's going to be no. Vince, there's going to be a consequence. <laughs> yeah, I can fly. I'm Holy Ghost Junior. I'm an angel. If I leap off of there, there's going to be a consequence. Well, I tell people all the time, let's say I back out of the parking lot here where we're parked and I hit your car and I yell out to you, God's forgiven me and take off. You might think, well, God's forgiven me and I'm willing to forgive you, but my car still needs to get fixed. Right, I, need your, your I need your insurance information here. <laughs> right. You know, so there's a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. God forgives me for hitting your car. You'll forgive me for hitting your car. But yet you still want my insurance information because the consequence of me hitting your car is you got a dent in it. And now. if you don't have insurance, the consequence is you got to pay to have my car repaired in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, I still love <laughs> or you, bro. You brother. might want to lay hands on right, me. Right, right. I'm going to have to lay hands on you and introduce <laughs> you, you know, to the fivefold ministry. <laughs> that's the thing is that there are consequences of things that we do. Right, yes, right. you can be forgiven. But there are consequences to the actions that we take, and we always got to right, remember right. that. But, but God loves us, and, and he wants us to be reminded to extend that love and, and to grow on that. Again, and again, it's not about works. We're speaking on the subject of uh, you building on your house. And, and also in Galatians, he, he tells us, too, uh, I believe it's in Galatians uh, start at 5.16. He says this, For I say then, walk in the Spirit, and, and that's the love of God, the word of God. And you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's that old sin nature. If you walk in the spirit, and that's 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 God's requirement. Just stay in the spirit. Well, see, and that's what we started off yeah. the show talking about, how easy it is to want to follow the rules. See, the rules easy, are easier to follow than following the spirit. Because as I said before, if you're going to follow the spirit, you're going to have to work at that. You're going to have to do that. Every, you can't just memorize that once. That's something you're going to have to be in tune with the Spirit every day, all day. So that's going to require prayer. That's going to be require Bible study. That's going to be require thinking about what it is that God wants you to do. And that takes a whole lot more effort and time than try to memorize five or six or ten rules and not do them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I just wanted to... Uh focus on this part too verse 18 of that same text but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law and i believe that's that mosaic law and the law of fallen man the law of sin nature verse 19 for the works of the flesh are evident and he goes to talk about all these things that the flesh produces but what i wanted to get down to verse 21 this is part of the works envy murder drunkenness Ravelies and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, notice 
Some people misconstrued the scripture. They'll say you're not going to heaven. He didn't say that. He said you won't inherit the kingdom of God, meaning you won't enjoy the benefits of a, a Christian life. That life that Jesus said, I came to give you more abundantly. He said, if you keep practicing these things now, you're going to reap what you sow, and you ain't going to sow in, you won't be reaping the benefits from the kingdom. Yes, you, a Christian, you save, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you're not going to get the benefits. We say that with our kids. You can come home with all Fs you want, but you ain't going to reap the benefits of being a hand. Hey, not in this household. We're still going to feed you, but we're going to take some. You're going to reap what you sow. You're going to lose some benefits of being a member of this prominent family. <laughs> so that's what God's saying. I still love you, and we know that. Our kids came home, did, disappointed us, and that's what he's saying. But I like what he said. He said, so you want to inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, he tells us what it is. In verse 24, and those who are Christ. Look, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's our old ways, that old sin nature. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So God said, just stay in the spirit. And that's the spirit of love. That's the spirit of increasing in the knowledge of the Lord's will and not thinking it's, it's by works. Because a lot of people are getting messed up by works. And that's been built onto their spiritual house. Well, that's I got to do these works. I got to right. do this. Well, that's what Paul says here. He says, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. He didn't say, so I say to you, live by the law. He didn't say, so I say to you, live by the Ten Commandments. He didn't say I, anything but live by the Spirit. But because that law was a bunch of works. It's and the Pharisees, and, and they had that down pat. They had they only do nothing on the Sabbath. They really had that. And they remember, they came to Jesus a lot with that one. He's healing people on the Sabbath. Jesus is like, wow, man, you should be happy the guy's healed. You're talking about don't pick up his bed. He couldn't get out the bed previous to encountering me. But now see, he can pick up his here's bed. Here's how man messes stuff up, though. See, the Sabbath was given to man as a day to rest and worship God. So man says, okay, so it is a day of rest. You're not to work. So now, immediately, it, what does a man decide? We've got to decide what is work, right? If we're going to know that thou shalt not work, we have to decide what is work? So let's come and up with this whole list of work. they a list that would choke a horse of what was work and what you were allowed to do and what you were not so allowed to do. So when Jesus healed this guy and told him to take up his bed and go, because he, was was he was bedridden, though. See, so, picking up the bed was work, but even Jesus healing him was work. See, this is, they had got to the point Jesus where... Jesus was acting as a physician, so he was working. They had got to the point where it, when you got dressed on the Sabbath, they, they had a belt not like ours, it was more like a rope. If you could tie the knot you tied with one hand, that was okay. But if you used two, that was work. That's what religion can do to you. And this is what man does. Because, see, if you're going to say, thou shalt not work on the Sabbath, what is the first thing you have to know? What is work? Defined so I don't work. do it. And so this is what man does. This is how man messes up the things of God. God gave the Sabbath as a day of rest, a day of worship. And what did we turn it into? Man turned it into a day of rules and regulations. And thou shalt and thou shalt not. Well, we do the very same thing still to this day. We lay these rules. That's what Paul says to Peter. You laying this yoke on. The, you guys couldn't. We couldn't carry this yoke. And now you want to lay it on these guys. That's what people are still doing you're gonna today. On, you're going to lay it on those Gentiles. We're, we're, we're. 
we're saved by grace and what we want to lay rules on people. We want to lay this yoke on them that people could never carry. We couldn't carry. You couldn't carry. I couldn't carry. And then people want to lay it on other people when really it's about grace. You know what? As I was speaking to those guys the other day, I'm, I referred to them as religious people. They was Christians, but religious. I was thinking about the same thing. You're sitting here pointing the finger at everybody else. And I bet you couldn't even hold that standard yourself. And I know they couldn't. Because they was talking about the Osteen's ministry. That's a huge ministry. And I'm thinking, well, if God increased that ministry, added to the church, I bet you can even handle a ministry like that. What would you do? Of course, they would do it perfect. <laughs> they would do it perfect. But let Richard, we're going we gonna to point at all Richard's little faults over here. We're going to throw pop shots at him. We're going to put all the little specks out of Richard's eye. But uh, well, if I ain't got in there, Richard, I'd show you how to do this thing. All right. So we f we seem to forget, you know, God's grace. And so, and you know, as you're talking, as we were talking about all this, I'm I remember Romans chapter ten, verse nine again. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it is. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, mm -hmm. you will be saved. There's nothing in there about doing everything just right. There's nothing in there about never having sinned. There's nothing in there about you never played cards or went to the movies or any of that stuff. You know, the old saying that I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't go with the girls that do. You know, there's none of that. It's if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you will be saved. It is grace first. It is grace in the middle. It is grace last. I don't know what it is, you know, to talk about the Osteens and all that. The Apostle Paul said, you know, there's people that preach the gospel for all kinds of reasons. Some of them preach it for selfish ambition. Some of them preach it because they don't even like me, he says. But wow. I don't care while they do, why they do it. As long as God's word goes out, that's all that matters. And, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, well, what about all the good things they've done in ministry? You took this one thing and boom. And it, they did that with Jesus. You know, they was trying to find something about him. The scripture well, they were says they, all kinds of things. Right, they're trying to find out. Sinners. What, right. He's eating with sinners. Oh, <laughs> the Osteen's ate with Vince. Oh, it's over. <laughs> but and I that, mean, we do the same thing. That's what they were you doing. Can't be with sinners. You, yeah, can't you can't be associating yeah. with sinners. You can't be hanging out with sinners. He's got a prostitute on his team, his ministry team. Oh, they made a big thing out of that. And that's what he was saying. You hit it right on the nose. That's what I was talking about with these particular people. And they did that with Jesus. You know, he 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 had dinner with some sinners. Oh, that Don't disqualified he know who him. He was eating with. Of course, he knew he was eating with. He did it on purpose. Right, 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 right. You know, I tell people all the time. I I talk to Christians. I'm sure you have. And you would be talking to them about ministry, or you talk to them about um, telling people about Jesus, mm -hmm. and they'll say stuff like, "I don't know anybody that's not a Christian." I if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say to me. I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. I can't really share the gospel because I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Well, guess going. what? Number one, you probably know a lot of people that don't know the gospel, don't know Jesus. You just may not know it. And number two, if that were literally true, you got to bust your bubble. Because Jesus didn't just hang out with his disciples. He went out and talked to sinners. He ate with sinners. He hung out with sinners. Well, guess what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to share the good news. Who are we supposed to share the good news with? 
Guess what? Well, other people that already know the good. I thought we were supposed to share with other people that already have the yeah, good news. They are, we want to catch our fish already clean. Right, 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 right. I just want to preach to other Christians, man. I want to, again, yes, you're going to have an opportunity to, to preach the gospel or reveal the things of the kingdom to other Christians. But you're going to also have an opportunity to, to let your light shine. At least shine. you should. Yeah. In the darkness. Oh, I can't talk to them because I know they're a sinner. Well, see, religion taught you that. That's what he was talking about. Be careful how you let. I, I remember when I first started going to church, this pastor's wife told me, you can't go to the movies anymore. Well, that's I didn't what I was telling you about. You can't dance, can't go yeah, to the movie, well, can't smoke, well, can't drink. Well, can't. I didn't have no revelation. I just got saved. I'm two months old in Christ. But I still kind of knew something. That didn't fit sit well. I'm like, well, why can't I go to the movies? I asked her. Inquiring minds want to know. She said, well, you can't go there because sinners are there. I was like, well, aren't sinners at Safeway too? Ain't they at aren't Pick and Pool? Aren't sinners in the church? You sure hope there's some wandering every now and then. Right, 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 right. So, well, although you probably got a thing at your door over at Raymond Word of Faith. You probably got somebody at Usher at the door saying, okay, you have to sign this in. You're a Christian. You can't come right, in. Right, right. You can't come in unless you're a Christian. No sinners allowed. No. That's what you need is a big sign outside the church door that says no sinners allowed. Wow. The whole point of the well, church you know is sinners. That's basically what we're saying. Right. And then we may once, not put the sign up. Right, right. Well, we ain't put the sign up, but that's the silent sign. It's the sign they give you in their expressions. Yeah, I've that's the sign. <laughs> I've seen my daughters when some guy comes up and starts talking to them. And I tell them, you know, I don't know if you realize or not, but there was a sign on your forehead that said, not a chance, buddy. <laughs> you know? And, and unfortunately, the church sometimes... It may not be really visible, but there's a sign that says no sinners wanted. Yeah, you can't no come here. You're not going to no make it here. allowed. But we got to come out of that as Christians and uh, be careful, again, how we allow people to build on us. Because you'll get some uh, thinking, thinking, build on you, some faulty building materials. And if it ain't from Christ, if it ain't from grace, if it ain't stamped with that G for grace, you know, tell them, you know, take that back. I don't want that. Uh, get the behind I don't want, me. Yeah, see. get the behind me. I don't want that material on me. I want I want just grace quality materials built on this house because the scripture says that we about a light on a hill. He said, that's who we're supposed to be. And again, I know light dissipates darkness and that's what we're supposed to be. And again, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're part of a ministry that's constantly condemning and you can't do anything right, you know, that's not of Christ. So get out of there real quick and find a good Bible-based church. And we wanna, we're want we out of time right now, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. We're going to remind you as you go through this week, continue to keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.